For far too long, injury lawyers have cared way too much about money and boosting their egos, and not enough about the people they serve. That stops now. Welcome to the Mutrux Firm Injury Lawyers Podcast, where trial lawyer Tyson Mutrux cuts through the BS and gives you practical takeaways to get you back on your feet, settle your case, and get on with your life. No fluff, no ego. And now, here's your host, Tyson Mutrux. Welcome back to the Mutrix Firm Injury Lawyers Podcast. I'm your host, Tyson Mutrix, and I'm also the owner of Mutrix Firm Injury Lawyers. And today we're going to talk about demands. So we're ready for demand and what do you what should you expect? All right, here we go. So the demand, uh, let me just start by saying this. The vast majority of the time, we will send a blanket policy limits demand. All right, so what's that mean to you? So typically, let's say it's a car crash or let's say it's a fall at a store, whatever it may be. There is a limit of insurance up that is up ap- applicable to the case. In a car crash case, it's usually a minimum of twenty-five thousand. The average is either twenty-five or fifty. Um, the better policies have a hundred or two hundred and fifty thousand dollars policy limits on them. We will send it for that limit. Now, that does not mean you are going to get that amount. That's not the purpose of us sending that. Because you're probably wondering, well, why are you sending it for that? Why don't you send a specific amount? It's because we're trying to get you more money. One, it's it's an anchoring technique. So we're trying to anchor the amount higher. It's proven to work. All right. So anchoring is, there's been several studies on this in a variety of industries about anchoring. That's one reason. The more important reason though, is we're trying to set them up for a bad faith claim. Now, what a bad faith claim is in a nutshell, it's that the insurance company didn't settle the case whenever they should have. And if we go to were to go to file suit uh, and succeed at trial and get a really high number above that that policy limit, that their insured could technically sue the insurance company to prevent that happening. They'll usually settle with you as the insured rather than you going after. I'm sorry, as the as the plaintiff, as opposed to you suing their insured and trying to collect it again, or not. You've already sued them. You've you've gotten a, a, a verdict, but then you trying to collect that from them you know, by pursuing their personal assets. So, so, so to prevent that, to prevent a bad faith claim, they will pay you an, a, a greater amount. But the only way of doing that, the Missouri legislature has laid out certain hoops that we've got to jump through to set those claims up. And that is, that's why we do it. We send one of those is that we have to send that policy limits demand pre-suit. And it actually doesn't have to be pre-suit, pre-trial. So we've got to send pre, pre-trial the policy limits demand with all of your records and bills. Uh, and one of those, uh, another exception is, is that in Missouri, if we put a time limit on it, we've got to give them 90 days. All right. So we have to give them 90 days. If we put a time limit, we, to get around that, we don't put a time limit anymore. We used to put a 10 day time limit. So we'd get a, a quick response to set up that bad faith claim. We can no longer do that. And so what we will do instead is we'll just send a, a generic demand for the policy limits and we will not put a time limit on it. And that way they will typically respond within, uh, well within the 90 days. It's usually well under 30 days. The re- the main reason is, is that whenever Missouri changed the statute in 2017, we started using the 90-day demand and we noticed that they were responding 
closer to the 90 day mark and even at, at the 90 day mark asking for an extension, which we would quickly tell them no, but that's something that they were doing. And once we've gotten, gotten away with our way from that policy limits demand with the time limit, we've just sent a generic one without the time limit. We've gotten far better results one, but we've also gotten far faster responses, which is really important to you as the client. All right. So we're ready for the demand. I just, I just explained to you the, the, the process of how bad faith works, but uh, now let's talk about the actual demand. So we will typically use um, the policy limit. There are rare circumstances that we won't. And that's usually, let's say the policy limit's like a million dollars. In the case is in reality worth between thirty and $50,000. Know, that, and that one, I would look like a fool if I sent a policy limits demand. But I would still send a really high one, just not because of the anchoring. But it, I'm not going to get the bad faith set up. Because the reality is you're not going to go to trial and probably get Oh, in excess of a million dollars on a case that's worth so much less. And, 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 and in fact, you'd probably hurt if I went into and uh, into a jury trial, ask the jury for you know two million dollars, and your case is only worth that amount. They're probably gonna give you less because they're gonna get mad at me for doing it, and I don't want to do that. So, but so we've got the demand ready. What documents do we send? Um, we we're gonna send your for sure your medical records and your medical bills. Those are, are a given. We're going to send those, and we usually send those electronically if we can. There's some certain certain insurance companies that just don't deal with email. One of those being Geico. Progressive does. Geico does not. State Farm does. American Family does. USAA does. Allstate does, but Allstate has this really terrible, you know, spam filtering system that prevents a lot of our our records uh, from going through, and so they can't open the PDFs. And so a lot of times we have to either fax or mail in, actually physically mail in medical records and bills, which is crazy. But what else do we send? We also will send sometimes, and I talk about lost wages in another episode, so I, 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 I want you to listen to that if, you're, if you've got questions about lost wages, because I explain why we might or might not send lost wage documentation. But we will also send lost wage documentation if it applies, and that includes any lost earning capacity. Now, it's rare that we will do that. We will usually not send that at the beginning. What we will do is instead wait until we've gotten close to our number, what we think the case is worth, because we'll put a range internally and without letting the insurance company know, we'll, we'll put a range on what we think the case is worth. And if the case, if we get that case within that range, the number within that range, well, that's how we say to you, we, we make, our, make our decision, yes, you should take it or no, you should not. Um, and I... And those are based upon our years of experience, and we track all of our numbers, and we know pretty pretty well what a case is worth at this point. And so, if it's within that range, we'll let you know what, what we think it's worth. So, but we won't normally send those lost wage documentation at the beginning. It's because let's say we get let's say we're five thousand dollars under our range, we'll hold that stuff back as sort of as a I would call it a trick, but it's we'll hold it back to boost that information, that boost that number up. And you're probably saying, well, you know, why don't you sit at the beginning to, to boost that number up? Is because, trust me, if I do that, they're going to try to pick it apart. They're going to say, well, you know, give me give me their tax returns for the last 10 years. They're going to ask for all this information. And it's it's not going to be worth, worth your while. We do it. We want to get close. So we, if, if, let's say we got close to that number, what we think the case is worth. We're going to get this close without using the documentation as we can. And then I'll call the insurance adjuster and I'll say, listen. And we're five thousand dollars away. They've got a they've got a lost wage claim 
I'll give you that. I'll give you that documentation. I'll send it over to you. And will that get us to that to that number? And a lot of times that'll work. We're just being we're using it on the back end to to bump that number up to get us to where we're trying to be, as opposed to using it at the beginning where they'll try to to because that's what they'll do with your medical records too. Is they'll try to pick it apart. So instead of letting them pick it apart at the beginning, we'll use it to get us over the hump at, on the back end. And that's been a very very effective tool for us to getting us into that range that we want to be in. So what other information will we send over to them? Well, we're going to send to them any photographs or any videos because photographs are a very effective tool and videos are a very effective tool in, in bolstering the value of the claim. Because if I'm explaining it to someone, it's one thing. If you actually see it, if you're seeing blood in an image, if you're seeing scarring in an image, uh, that's that's powerful stuff. And so we are going to use that to bolster your claim. So how do we value your claim? How do we come up with that number? Because you're probably wanting to know how that works. Well, in a nutshell, I'm gonna, and I'll, I'll go in more depth in another episode, but in a nutshell, we use our years of experience to, to, to come up with that number and our, our proprietary internal numbers to track each insurance company that we do, um, each type of case, each type of injury, all the way down to the body part. Uh, we, we track all that. So we, we have a really good basis for that, but it's also based on your medical bills. There, that is a component, although it's an overused component by people that don't know what they're doing. Uh, people think, oh, I'll just send a multiplier of whatever the medical bills are. You're undervaluing your claim typically if you do it that way. It's 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 not an effective tool. It's it, you're it's a disservice, or it's sometimes sometimes you might even overvalue your case by doing it that way. And I can explain that in another process in, a, in another po- uh, episode, but um, it's not no point doing it right now. But the amount of your medical bills is a a part of it. Whether or not you have health insurance is a component. So if you don't have health insurance, your case is worth more. If you do have health insurance, your case is is worth less. I know that's that sucks. I think that the law is terrible on that. But if you've got health insurance, it hurts you because what a jury gets to see is zero dollars at the end of the day. So if you owe nothing because because your health insurance paid for everything, your case is worth worth less. And that's why we typically we advise our clients not to put your case your your bills through health insurance, and that's so that we can increase the value of your case to put more money in your pocket. Um, but if you've hired us after the fact, after you've already submitted your bills. It's going to be a little more difficult for us to to reverse that. We're also going to factor in the treatment you receive, your diagnoses, so specifically your diagnosis codes. A concussion is worth more than an ankle sprain. All right, we so there are certain injuries that are worth more than others, and so we'll factor that in. Your pain and suffering, how it and and what this is probably the biggest component for us. It's how did it affect your life? How is your life different now? So we'll have that conversation with you. You know, what is different about your life now? What can you not do now that you could do in the past? That's a big part of this because we're painting a picture for the insurance adjuster as to how it's affected you. And so we need to know that information. And so make sure you're communicating with us and we'll try to communicate with you to extract that information from you, but make sure that you're, you're, you're letting us know about that stuff and don't hold anything back. Don't try to tough things out. Make sure you're, you're open and honest with you, with us. If you can't pick up your grandchild now because you're, you've got a back injury, that's significant. I mean, that's, that's, that's a, that's a significant thing that we need to make sure we, we include in our demand. And when we're negotiating with the insurance company, uh, we're also going to talk about lost earning capacity. If we, if we actually do at some point discuss lost wages, we're also going to talk about future medical care. 
and this is a big one and one that's overlooked. If you've got a pretty significant injury, we need to factor in any future surgeries, any future treatments that you're going to need. And so we will do that, and, and we, we will make sure we add that. And whenever I'm saying add that in our demand, I'm not going to add a lot of this information initially. When I send the demand, I typically send a very bare bones demand. It's the amount what, that we're asking for, so usually policy, and I attach the records and bills. All this is additional information I'm using on the back end to add value to the case. Because if I give this to them, one, it's it's like it's like uh, drinking out of a fire hose. We don't want to give them too much information, but we're going to give them all the necessary information at the beginning to uh, to, to begin the analysis. Because I, in my opinion, the demand doesn't start with the demand. The demand really starts with the negotiations. Because I'm going to give them that initial stuff, give them a little teaser, and then I'm going to use all this additional information in waves to add value to the case. So lost wage information, lost earning capacity for so, so future wages, uh, future medical care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep hitting them with these waves of information to keep adding value to the case until we can get to a number that one you're comfortable with, but it's also within our range of what we, what we think the case is worth. So hopefully that gives you a good understanding of how the case works, how we negotiate a little bit internally. I'm giving you a little bit of um, insider baseball stuff that I don't, I don't, I don't give to everybody, but I'm, I'm putting on this podcast because I think it's important that you understand how it works. If you have any questions about that, you want to discuss it with me. My number is 888-550-4026. Also check us out at TysonMutrix.com. I have lost a, a lot of explainer videos at Mutrix Firm Injury Lawyers on, U, on our YouTube channel. Also make sure, uh, check out our, our Facebook page because we've got information there that we share. If you want to ask me any questions through the podcast, there should be a link in the show notes to ask us an audio question. If you don't want us to, to put your name on the air, just make sure you put it uh, put something in your message. Say, hey, don't, don't share my question on the air, and I won't. So uh, that's all I have for you. Make it a great day. We are here for you if you need anything. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Mutrux Firm Injury Lawyers Podcast, a production of Mutrux Firm, LLC. We offer a free 30-minute strategy session to discuss your personal injury case. You can ask us anything free of charge. Call 888-550-4026 to schedule your call or use the link in the show notes. If you're trying to handle your personal injury case on your own and running into issues with the insurance adjuster or not getting the treatment you need, try these three things. One, don't give a recorded statement. Two, ask your doctors to do your treatment on a lien. And three, don't negotiate with the adjuster prior to getting all of the treatment you need. Check out our YouTube channel for more helpful tips, where we have hundreds of how-to and explainer videos, or go to TysonMutrucks.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.